Welcome to Sparking Wholeness, where we talk all things related to nutrition for mind, body, and soul. I'm your host, Erin Carey. I'm a survivor of bipolar disorder and a self-proclaimed nutrition nerd who loves asking why. As a certified integrative nutrition health coach, my goal is to help people find balance, and I want to help you find ways to spark wholeness in your life. For more information, check out sparkingwholeness.com or on the Instagram handle, Sparking Wholeness. And now, get ready for today's awesome show. Hey everyone, it's Aaron Carey, and I am sitting here with Dr. Robert Kiltz. He is a board-certified OBGYN and reproductive endocrinologist and founder and director of CNY Fertility, one of the largest and most dynamic fertility centers in the country, featured in the Wall Street Journal, Today Show, and CNBC for helping shape the future of fertility medicine. Dr. Kiltz has earned recognition outside of the fertility world for pioneering the holistic health movement and the keto lifestyle. He is the author of several books, including The Fertile Feast and Daily Inspirations, which offers 365 exercises and ideas for mental wellness each day. I love that. His latest book, Living Your Best Life, will be released in 2021. In addition to his own media outlets, Dr. Kiltz appears regularly on numerous popular blogs and has shared his views as a TEDx speaker. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Aaron, thank you so much. I really appreciate you inviting me to be on today and talking about really an important topic, health and wellness and reproduction. Such an important topic. And we were just talking a little bit before we started the recording about how reproduction is seems to be declining in the United States and fertility seems to be declining. So this is a very timely topic. For men and women, and certainly we're seeing it more and more, and there's such a need for reproductive care, both Eastern and Western medicine, and the more we can help on the natural side, the better. I love that. Yeah, that's I'm all about that. So let's just jump right in. And I'd, I'd love to know just what are some common myths when it comes to fertility and infertility? What are you seeing myths and misconceptions? Well, the biggest myth is I can just wait and it's going to happen uh, even uh, in my uh, early to late uh, 30s. And uh, waiting is our biggest challenge. And we're seeing that as the biggest reason that so many uh, women and men are finding difficulty conceiving. So that's the biggest one, I would say. And uh, we, we certainly talk so much about uh, science and, and, and medicine and facts. And I think so much what I'm, I'm, I think the biggest myth is it just go to a doctor and we're going to solve it. And that's also a myth that just isn't, isn't always the case. And so we talk a lot about how to integrate spirituality and faith uh, along with Eastern, other Eastern practices into the Western practice to help improve your chances. Yeah. And you mentioned something. I think that that's really interesting as we do. We want to go to somebody else. Just tell me how to fix this. Like, is there a pill? Is there something I can do? Just like fix it and make it right. That's kind of the way we do things here. We all want it fast and uh, we are in a fast paced society and world. And much of what I say is uh, slow it down. And the snail's pace is actually the best way to live your day and your life. And when we slow it down and calm it down, quite often the things you want will just show up anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'd love to know a little bit about your background and how you got into blending more of a holistic health with your traditional training. 
Well, I'm a traditional Western uh, physician, a scientist, researcher, and I spend most of my years in my training and believing in the science. It's exact and the facts and the data statistics are really important. But then uh, through my practice, uh, I was finding that uh, Western medicine was often wrong and wasn't working when you thought it should work. And, and people then were getting pregnant that you thought, how'd they get pregnant? It's, they didn't fall into the way it's supposed to. And so I began probably about 20 years ago, I started seeing my fertility a little over 20 years ago in upstate New York and mostly Western medicine. But then I started integrating Eastern philosophy, yoga, acupuncture, massage, and meditation. Uh, and then I delved into uh, dietary changes and how critical diet is in paleo diet and keto diet and anti-inflammatory diets and sort of integrated all these things. And now today, uh, nearly 25 years later, our primary focus is what can we do to help you understand the natural approaches while we're also integrating a tremendous amount of Western, Western uh, practices in, in this uh, fertility journey. I love that. That is, I mean, that's been my own health journey is blending all of the tools. We need all of the tools, not just stuck with one set. You know, I think that's really important. It, it's critical. And I, for myself, I began to use these things because I needed the help emotionally and then physically. And so the emotional journey with meditation and prayer. And then I found that a change in my diet 10 years ago eliminated all my medical issues. And I'm like, there's something here and there's some science in it also. So the more we really share this in our new books on the Fertile Feast and Living Your Best Life and Keto Lifestyle, we've seen so many uh, uh, success stories uh, on this journey. And the same goes with acupuncture and massage and yoga. So it is something that we in medicine, we need to embrace and be open to because too often we're, we're closed-minded and we just, you know, if there's no randomized study on that, it's, it's not true and we're not going to be open to it. But faith over facts, spirit over science is my sort of new uh, uh, mantra that we have to be open to all of it. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And there's a lot of intuition that goes along with this that we well, leave out well, with science. You know, so how are you feeling? What's, what are you feeling in this journey? We, we, we often negate the emotions and the emotions are critical in understanding your feelings in this. We've recently uh, started a concept called the fertile spirit, which is a place for women and men and couples and individuals, whatever your description of who and what you are, letting people share their stories and share their emotions because our emotions and our, our fears and worries are true and real and they affect our our lives and our reproduction and the foundation is reproduction. So it's really important to be able to communicate and share your stories because your stories are very, very important. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. It is so important to be able to share our stories and be able to process that and know ourselves in that way. And with that, that's a great place to pause for a second. I want to give a shout out to our sponsor for today's episode. Today's episode is sponsored by Talkspace. Now, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And I love bringing awareness to mental health and mental health issues. But here's the thing, it shouldn't be just the focus for May. It's important to be working on our mental health all year long and being proactive about our mental health. 
The positive effects of therapy will create lasting change in all areas of your life, your relationships, your career, your overall happiness and well-being, and a therapist can help you identify the habits and patterns that might be holding you back and how to move forward in the right direction. I've seen that for myself firsthand. Therapy is my number one tool that I go to when I need to process some of my difficult journeys in life. And I wholeheartedly recommend Talkspace for therapy. You can sign up online and start therapy the same day as you sign up. You can text, you can video, you can send voice messages to your licensed therapist. So it's it's really incredibly convenient to have virtual sessions from the comfort of your home. Talkspace has thousands of licensed therapists with years of experience in over 40 different specialties. So there's something for everyone, whether you're struggling with depression or anxiety, substance abuse, trauma, anger management, relationship issues, food and eating, or maybe you just need to process this stage of life that you're in with somebody else. Talkspace is there for you. As a listener of this podcast, you'll get $100 off your first month with Talkspace. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com. Make sure to use the code SPARKINGWHOLENESS to get $100 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's SPARKINGWHOLENESS and Talkspace.com. Dr. Kiltz, you're bringing up so many interesting conversations here about fertility and about just this whole integrating mind body techniques and while I want to get on to talking about food because I love talking about food I really want to know how much does stress play a role in reproduction and fertility stress is the most critical component to your health and wellness but you have to think about stress both both mentally and physically so, and, and the mental components of our stress affects our physical physiology. Um, if you haven't read The Secret or The Biology of Belief is probably the really best one by Bruce Lipton, which it talks about how our thinking affects the actual molecular structure of our body. So if you're, if you're mad and sad, the, the cortisol and epinephrine are going to be on the rise. But if you're joyful and, and happy uh, and kind to yourself and the world, then serotonin and oxytocin are going to rise and that's going to help your reproduction. So mm-hmm. it's really, really important. And this is why mindfulness. And when I started doing my mindful daily intentions nearly 20 years ago, I needed it but it's something that I practice and work on uh, uh, consistently because we need the daily mental work. I mean, we're running around in our cars or now we're running around in our homes and listening to the news and and the worry of the world, which absolutely negatively affects affects, uh, our reproductive system along with our cardiovascular and our mental construct of life. So it is, I'd say that, that faith and belief is the critical start of the day. And remember, faith is a belief in a higher power, whether you're religious or not, it doesn't matter. An atheist, agnostic, or spiritualist, it doesn't matter. Use these tools to improve your daily life. If it's critical. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really good. Um, I 100%, I'm gonna have to look that book up. I haven't read that, but I do love learning about how our thoughts impact our physical well-being and and it's a survival mechanism, right? Like that when we're stressed, when we're in fight or flight, things shut down so that we can survive the stressor. 
Well, well, our our fight or flight is always first, and your worry and fear is natural. Anxiety is natural, by the way. Depression is natural. So I always say if you're feeling these things, that's natural and normal. But if you live them all the time and you haven't found the mechanisms to relieve them, that's where they become really uh, uh, dangerous and damaging to your body. Everyone lives a stressful life in one way or another. That's natural and normal. But finding the mechanisms, how to relieve the, the, the mental belief systems and shift them and change them is critical for this fertility journey because the majority of, of, of individuals or couples do not show up for fertility or they leave it quickly because it's emotionally too difficult. It's frustratingly hard. Even when they may be making good embryos and they just did one and failed, they're running or not showing up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a really tricky subject. And I, and just having somebody who will listen is a big part of it too, uh, because there are so many different lines of thinking. And what would you say, you know, when we're talking food and fertility, what is the connection between what we eat and our fertility? Aaron, that's a very good question. The, the, I, what we put in our mind and our mouths is the two most critical things to our health and wellness. And we do these things on a constant daily basis. But what I've been learning is that food is highly damaging and inflammatory in our body and our standard diets that we've been eating around the world and certainly in the United States and the Western world, we're eating too many carbohydrates, we're eating too frequently too many calories too frequently is deadly and damaging for our bodies and a tremendous amount of inflammatory foods which are not good for us and we're not eating the actual one thing that is the most important thing for our body and we would die without this thing it's fat and we're all afraid of fat and so our such a fear of fat has actually caused us to get more fat but being fat isn't the cause of any disease it's the thing that got you there, which is the inflammation of our foods, which are absolutely, in my opinion, not healthy for us. Yes. Preach louder. I love it. I, I totally, I'm on track with that. I think the low fat movement did a lot of damage. It did a lot of damage to women's hormones. Oh, well, well, it's women's, oh, first of all, telling a woman that she's overweight and she needs to lose weight is incorrect. Uh, every human being is a beautiful, beautiful person. They must look in the mirror, love themselves, and we must respect and honor everyone for sh size, shape, age, weight, gender, whatever we describe ourselves in. That's number one. But yes, low fat, everyone get on treadmill and everyone should eat salad and lose weight is ridiculous because we've missed the boat in the Western world. The cause of disease is absolutely opposite. So I tell my, my diet is fatty ribeye steak once a day and no exercise. And now at 65, I've never felt better. And I will tell you that's the most amazing concept. But if you're a vegan or vegetarian, it's simply the same thing. Eat one meal a day, add the fat and get off the treadmill. Okay. I want to, I want to get on that treadmill for a second, because sure. I think you're going in a great direction. I know for me, when I pick up my intensity of exercise and I do too much, I become inflamed. And this is just something that's happened recently as I'm aging, you know, when I'm younger, whatever, no big deal. I was a cardio addict, but as I've gotten older, I realized that's stressing my body out and making me more inflamed. Is, is that a thing that you've noticed? Well, absolutely. Number one is I, I call us human Ferraris. 
Ferrari is a beautiful, expensive, admirable car that we'd all take care of it like the most amazing thing, but you wouldn't let your neighbor take it to the racetrack three to six times a week thinking it's going to last longer. <laughs> Human beings are a mechanical being, and the more you stress it, the more damage, friction, inflammation happens to your body. It's really the most simple thing you can ever imagine because I used to be the cardio and the weight addict, the crazy mm -hmm. man. I stopped exercise 10 years ago, back aches gone, knee aches gone. I mean, every injury gone, it's most amazing. Along with my change in my dietary habits, lifestyle, it's a game changer. So the more miles in a car, the less time it lasts, the faster to the junkyard. There are so many people getting joint replacements and orthopedic surgeries and back problems. It's all from excessive exercise. There is no organism in the universe that purposely eats food and then gets on a treadmill to burn it away right. for no reason. Yeah. And, in, and, and actually in nature, being skinny in general is deadly. Yeah, that's, you, you raise so many good points. And I think it's something as for women, especially women who are struggling with reproductive hormone issues. I mean, PCOS is a big deal right now. I know that that's on the rise. Uh, you want to touch on that? <laughs> well, 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 so metabolic prediabetes, metabolic syndrome, prediabetes, polycystic ovarian syndrome, along with endometriosis, uterine fibroids, pelvic pain is humongous. And in my opinion, the cause is so simple. It's three to six carbohydrate-filled meals a day, which basically are feeding the GI tract with, with carbohydrates all the time. So basically from being a little teeny child to whenever you are, you're suffering, your bowels are always full of sugar. They're always secreting Remember, vegetables, fruit, fiber, seeds, and nuts all break down to simple sugar. The sugar goes to the bloodstream, goes to the liver. It damages your body, your liver, and it damages your reproductive organs. I personally believe that polycystic ovarian syndrome is simply a glycation disorder. Plus, most people don't know that plants contain many phytochemicals, including estrogen, progesterone and testosterone and lectins, oxalates, phytates, glutens, and more, which are basically micronized and deposited everywhere in your human body. And they cause the damage in your, your ovaries, your testicles, your pituitary, your everywhere, mm -hmm. your skin. So the story is so simple, whether you're a vegan or a carnivore, it doesn't matter. If you eat less frequently, you cook the carbs well and add the fat. It's a game changer that is so amazingly simple. But because you're getting the constant, constant uh, uh, story that you should eat six meals a day to fuel your metabolism, which makes no sense. And then you get a disease and we tell you mm, you're, it's bad luck. You have bad genes, which in actuality those human beings that get fat easily have the best genetics ever created because they're the reason we're even alive because the universe mostly was a famine world we lived in. Mm -hmm. and if you and I had to go out and hunt and gather for food today and next week, we would not be alive. 
That's okay. I, and I've said this before, please thank your ancestors for your ability to store fat, because if it wasn't for them, you wouldn't be here. It, <laughs> and absolutely. And fat is actually the fertile fuel for your body. Your mm -hmm. body does not burn glucose and there's no such thing as insulin resistance. As long as you have sugar in your bowels and it goes into your bloodstream, your your insulin goes up. And so again, the most important thing is fertile fasting. I call it intermittent feasting. Mm -hmm. So one meal a day, okay, I'll give you one snack, but that's it. This idea of grazing, we are a hunting gathering animal. We're not a grazing animal. And when you realize that if you go back and learn about this, you'll be it, it, like, it blew my mind when I learned this. And then I did it and like bowel bleeding gone, arthritis, psoriasis, kidney stones, migraines gone. I'm like, whoa, now what's the science behind it? Mm -hmm. And it's actually straight, interesting, amazing science. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause you, you've got to think about when in history have people just woken up and gone, here's my bowl of sugar, which is what we do with cereal. Right. And that's what we do with our kids. It's like, Oh, here's, here's your cereal. And you're just starting the day needing to burn sugar for fuel instead of what you're saying, using that fat source. Well, well, you never burn sugar. See, this is the, this is the wrong uh -huh. mindset. You must convert sugar in the liver to fat or you die. That's why type one diabetics who don't get insulin die. So, so keto, everyone says, oh, it's converting from burning sugar. It's in liver, liver failure patients can't make fat and type one diabetics can't make fat. And everyone that's getting fat and then gets type two diabetes, the simple answer is one meal a day. You can eat almost anything, but eat less, eat one meal a day, the bowels and the liver are the cause of the majority of our diseases. And, and that's as simple as that. And, and fat is actually necessary for your hormones, for your, for your cell walls, for your DNA, for reproduction. Fat is actually the soap of our body, yeah. but you don't eat it but you will make it out of protein amino acids and out of carbohydrates, which ultimately are all sugar. And, and just, it's, I'm a broken record on this story. That's the funny part to this. I don't stop very much on this story, but I'm a physician. I've taken a commitment to understanding the health and wellness of the human body. Fruits and vegetables turn into sugar. That's the simple answer. And we have no requirement for it. Now I too enjoy a, cake or cookie or ice cream or chocolate from time to time, but do I eat it all day? No way. And most people we do, and that's just kind of how, and it's like, oh, wait, why am I feeling this way? Or why am I not able to get the weight off? And it's, it's just what we're used to in the society. It, it, it is. And, and again, so the, 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 the ivory tower experts are, are amazing human beings, but they're sharing a story of marketing and selling you food that you actually do not even need. Uh, so you're being told to eat three meals a day and then get on a treadmill to burn the calories off. Well, why don't we just teach everyone that fasting always every day, one meal a day, and you never need a treadmill. You should be doing things like making pottery or drawing or poetry or doing videos or being creative in life. But to get on a treadmill and at the end of the day, have nothing to show for it other than you look in the mirror and you say, boy, don't I look good? 
Look in the mirror always, by the way, no matter your size and shape or weight or whatever it is, you're amazing. And you need to be talking to yourself like that. And if you haven't read Rhonda Byrne's book, The Secret, you have to. But ultimately, the gods are within all of us. And when we honor the gods of each and every one of us, that makes us feel better. But you're learning the, I call it the Ferrari manual for humans. You're learning what the true manual of health and wellness is. And my Dr. Kiltz's keto lifestyle uh, gives a lot of insight to something I will tell you I didn't believe one bit. I thought, Kiltz, you're crazy. This doesn't matter. But the more I listen and learn from those doing it, Ken Berry, uh, Paul Saladino, uh, Kevin Stock, but just go down the list and begin to read about this. But again, as a vegan, vegetarian, or Mediter Mediterranean, it can be done. It might be a little harder, but it can be done. Yeah. So tell me more about that. How about if somebody's like, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but that's just not sustainable for me. I, I can intermittent fast. I can cut out the one meal, but I don't know if I can give up all grains, you know, like how, is there a way for people to dive in slowly, adjust it for themselves? What are your thoughts there? Who's the most valuable, irreplaceable, expensive entity in the universe? You are. If you're having a medical problem and you want to solve it, it's likely something you're eating. Seeds and nuts are the progeny of the plant. They make poisons to kill us and disrupt our reproduction. There's no doubt about it. There's a great journal the United States Department of Agriculture put out on plant toxins to the livestock industry because they care about their livestock because they make money on it. But human beings, no one seems to care about what you eat and the possibility the plants contain the poisons. But listen, start slowly, but listen and learn and read and watch all about these ideas. For me, I went mostly paleo, but I still had arthritis, psoriasis, eczema, and bowel bleeding. And so then I learned about this carnivore concept and then I went right to it. Now, do I, again, I occasionally have French fries dipped in mayonnaise. I occasionally have a cake or a cookie or ice cream. I rarely eat salad or vegetables or fruit or fiber. Fiber fuels the fermentation in the colon that causes cancer. And my bet is most of the vegetables contain either the phytochemicals, the antigenic components, the lectins, or they fuel the bacteria and yeast to ferment in our bowels that cause cancer, irritable bowel, IBS, and everything else all over our body. So start slow as you read and listen to stories like with, with uh, you, Aaron Carey, and, and, and your show is so amazing, and I'm really grateful for this. We're all having the conversation because what we've learned before, what I learned in medical school and nutritionists in general they're all taught by the food companies, the pharmaceutical industry, uh, the medical industry. And again, respect to everyone, by the way. I'm just throwing out a little different curveball that if you're suffering and you don't want to anymore, you might find something to change both in what you put in the mind and the mouth. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. And and keep digging, digging for answers is, is important because there is a lot of information out there. I think it's interesting you mentioned uh, doing more of a carnivore style of diet, because I've heard about that recently for even for gut healing. A lot of people are going more towards that because of the reasons you mentioned vegetables and the anti-nutrients can make our gut maybe worse over time. So you would even recommend that for a woman who's trying to increase her chances of fertility? A hundred percent. So for me, carnivore is the home run of the human diet. 
Dogs and cats in the wild are carnivores, but domesticated, we feed them grass and grains. They get every disease a human gets, but we can't figure out why. Well, human beings simply too, we're mostly carnivores, an occasional, maybe seeds and nuts and berries and, and vegetables in the season yearly, but not all year or daily, but absolutely carnivore. Kiltz's carnivore keto is the most amazing one, but it's a high fat, low protein, low carb diet. Again, I eat a little bit. So the, the inflammation in the bowels is first caused by glucose. Fruits, fiber, and vegetables all break down to simple glucose, sorry, including lettuce, which I call nature's toilet paper. Number two is they contain the fiber, the lectins, the bacteria, the yeast that also damages the GI tract and damages the glycocalyx. You've never heard of this one. The glycobiome will trump the, 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 uh, the microbiome every day of the week. I also believe that putting in probiotics is not good for human beings. You wouldn't put it on your skin. Why would you put it in your GI tract? It's deadly in my opinion. If you learn how to cook your food right, add the fat, eat one meal a day, I, I say infinite mindful moments a day. This is why thank you God for this day, some spiritual practice every day infinitely, whether you're driving in the car or you're frustrated at the office, take the moment, step back, take a breath and smile. Ah, thank you, God, Lord, creator for the day, or thank you, nature, or thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm grateful for my life. That's all. doesn't take very much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You said something. I want to go back to it. I'm really excited about this, the glycobiome. So this is something I had never heard about. The glycobiome is the Teflon coating of every epithelial lining of your body, the peritoneum, the blood vessels, the lymphatics, uh, the, the, the reproductive system, the gut. So this glycoproteinaceous mucinous layer, it protects you from the, all the stickiness of all the stuff that wants to get in your body. Uh, if you just Google glycobiome or the glycocalyx, and so basically that they're little finger production projections of sugars that are connected to protein. And they're usually on the, on the cell wall, which is a lipoprotein layer. And, and actually, if you know anything about the, the COVID virus and all the variants of these new uh, um, mutations, it's just a change of the sugar and the protein. Mm -hmm. So in actuality, the function of sugar in our body is likely related to the glycocalyx and not energy for our bodies. That's the amazing part. Oh, wow. Glucose or glycans in sugar are needed for the immediate transformation of neurotransmitters, of hormones, uh, and the protection of our human body. It's the most amazing, miraculous story you'll ever learn. The problem is there's not too much to talk about out there, but in actuality, a high carbohydrate diet, fruits and vegetables, seeds and nuts, keep your glucose levels higher than we're used to for the last thousand or 10,000, 100,000 or a million years. I don't know what it is. That damages the glycocalyx that's called glycation versus glycosylation, which is the normal binding of a sugar 
to change the, the shape or the function naturally and normally as our DNA tells us it's supposed to be. So that's kind of the, the magic to this, but learn more about the glycocalyx and the glycobiome, our diet, because we don't let our bowels rest. So one meal and a simplified carbohydrate diet allows the sugar to go into the liver converted to fat. It allows the GI tract to empty in order to repair itself because digestion is a damaging component to our bowels. That's why if we probably went fasting for a few days or maybe in a few weeks in our initial development of the human animal. Uh, so that's probably what we're built for. And that's why we get fat so easily. We're built to go weeks and maybe even months without food, but the glycobiome. And if you go to drkilts.com, you could learn a little bit more about the glycobiome and the glycocalyx also. Oh, that is fun. I love learning new things. And so I'm really excited. I think people listening are probably like, Ooh, something we haven't heard before. That's <laughs> great. Well, I'm a, I'm a physician and a scientist and a researcher, even the, even though I bring faith in God up top, which is science by the way, uh, and, and, and food, the science is what like, it just, I'm so excited and interested about the science. The problem is, is that people believe that randomized prospective double blind or any research studies are actually accurate. There's a tremendous amount of uh, prejudice and bias in our, in our science. We all are, all of us, human beings. So it's really radical if we can just step back and even not believe ourselves a little bit, maybe question ourselves. And that's what I began to do. Like, am I really right? And so I actually listen to my patients. They, they're Googling on the internet, finding all these things and I'm looking them up and I say, gee, I never knew that. That's pretty amazing. And we need to be open because all of us human beings are immensely intelligent. You don't need to get into medical school to, be, to have the knowledge or more knowledge than a doctor anymore. It's right on the internet. Go for it. I love that you say that because there is a lot of talk right now about, oh, don't, don't trust everything you read, you know, don't just don't do your own research, it's dangerous, but we do have to be open to at least receiving new information and when we are going back to the stress conversation, when we're stressed out when we're fearful about whatever's happening in the world, it kind of shuts our brains down and we can't open up to new ideas or thoughts. Well, that, that is very important. And so we all are that way, by the way, there's no one that is magical. That's like a, a resistant to that. And, and that's why when you meditate and you step back and you pray, or you just, you know, this idea is listen more than you speak is critical and even go, Hmm, I haven't thought about that. That's very interesting. We have to be more inquisitive and open to opposite ideas. That's how we're more creative. And we learn. But again, the, this idea that doctors are, are somehow have all the knowledge in the world, we're often wrong. I am often wrong. And so if I can learn something from someone bringing some magic out there, we do a tremendous amount of immunology. And basically, it's all the immune system. Inflammation is the cause of all disease. Five causes of all disease, in my opinion, the majority is glucose, sugar, plants. It's the phytochemicals that come from mostly the plants. It's the plant antigens and also the antigens from bacteria, yeast, and other microorganisms. It's the fermentation of all of this stuff in the gut 
that basically makes heat, gas, alcohol, aldehyde, inflammation. And then the fifth one is too much exercise, too much running around and lifting heavy things that your body is going to break from. Mm -hmm. And especially as we age. And so I gave most of that up 10 years ago, and I've never felt more healthy in my life. That's really cool. And I can always tell the people who are the most open-minded are heavily meditated <laughs> is what it seems. And you seem to be one of those people. <laughs> heavily meditated. And that is really, really important that we all need to listen and learn from the ancient humans uh, that brought on all the, the, the spirituality of ancient tribes in this world. And, and even when you look at the religious evolution and how powerful the philosophy is of every religion. There's something that is really of value in all of it. So I, I personally recommend have a journal at hand all the time and write in it. If you have an idea that you think, ah, let me write that down. So, and still paper and pen. And yes, we do all of our, our stuff with our, with our devices and we dictate and do videos and, and things like that. But it, I think it's so important to think it, ink it, and we need to read. But I love listening to books. Audio books are, are one of the things that when I'm driving in my car or doing my pottery or, or even painting, I'm listening to a great book that's going to inspire me uh, of the journeys of the human and human endeavors. Yeah. Well, let's talk about your newest book, Living Your Best Life. Tell me a little bit about that and when it's set to well, be out. It, I, let's see, I, it should be coming out next month or the month after. It's, you know, every time you say it's coming <laughs> right. out on Monday, it's coming out soon. Um, probably around uh, 15 years ago, I wrote my Daily Intentions book. Uh, I began writing my Living Your Best Life book and I've sort of added to it and changed it and grown with it over the years. And so only, so finally it's been sitting there. It's like, you know what, let's put this out there because we're learning from so many people of how can you find a way to live your best life? Well, ultimately I'm reading and listening to others. And so compiling information from so many out there are ways that we can all live our best life. And I have some ideas that you might like, or you may not like, but it encompasses what you put in the mind, what you put in the mouth and how you move the body. And ultimately these are my critical components of how I live, uh, really making sure that all of us are sharing this and finding more joy, even in the failures, the faults, the challenges and the hardships, because without those, we wouldn't be so creative. And that's a little bit what my intention is in living your best life uh, book. And, and what I always say is share your story and the beauty now with, with our Zooms and our YouTubes and our blogging, uh, we can all share so much. Today we have, we have a 90 Day Fiance coming to share a story of a couple who's working to have a baby and how important that, that struggle and that challenges. Uh, a young man from, from Russia, uh, Eastern Europe has come here, met a beautiful young lady. They're, they're, getting, they're getting married and having a child together and how ultimately our human journeys around the globe are the same. We're all interested in connecting and building family together. Yes, and it is so important to our health and well-being to stay connected to other people. That's and, and with this 
this COVID crisis we're all suffering from. And I always say that there's, there's, a, there's a civil silver lining in all challenges. And when we can see the light shining on the darkness, it brings so much. And we've, I've connected with so many new people through Zoom and Facebook and YouTube and Instagram. And, and as much as we want to all be right here, but boy, I don't have to get in my car or plane and travel around the world. I can do it from the comfort of my office or my home or my pottery studio. That's the beauty that we're learning a new way. And with that, we can be everywhere and anywhere and, and learn from everyone and anyone. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So tell me what, what's your, you know, you mentioned your ribeye, but what's your go-to, your favorite go-to meal when it's like, ah, oh, I'm, you're busy. You've got lots of stuff going on. What's a go-to meal for you that you love? Well, that's nourishing so, to you. So my, my, my acronym is the baby diet, bacon, eggs, butter, beef, ice cream, and salt. So <laughs> it's because it's a high fat, um, even my ice cream, it's Kiltz's ice cream is his cream and a little bit, one egg, a little bit of sugar, a little bit of vanilla, a little bit from time to time and simple sugar. But it, my go-to is my ribeye steak with some liver fragois, a mm. duck uh, liver uh, with some butter, a little bit of blue cheese and some uh, Malden or sea salt. That's my go-to. Now, interesting enough, I might cook it today, very rare, Pittsburgh, slice it up. I'll have a little bit uh, and, and I'll dip it in the butter and I have my salt. And, and then I quite often have a little bit of ice cream and a little bit of chocolate dark uh, mm -hmm. because rewards. Uh, and then I'll have, so tonight I'm having my leftovers from last, last night. So it me three or four days and I make sure I save the grease from the pan. I pour it back on the steak and add that. But my go-to personally is a ribeye and the fattiest ribeye, Snake River Farms uh, or Lemongrass Restaurant in Syracuse. Uh, but there's so many great, great uh, proprietors of a healthy grass-fed uh, fatty ribeye to me is the very, very best. That's yeah, I love that. I love that you mentioned liver because <laughs> that's we've lost the taste for liver the last 60, 75 years. Well, it's, it's so, so the actual, the fat contains ADEK, which are probably the most important vitamins in our body. But when you eat the fat, the bone marrow, the bone broth, um, and not the lean stuff, by the way, but the liver contains all the minerals and vitamins your body needs. Gee, you don't need to take supplements. That's the amazing part of the story. And well, I don't like that. Well, okay, don't be healthy, take supplements. But if you want to be healthy, eat the diet a human being was meant to do. Check out Kevin Stock. He's a dentist, has some really great stuff uh, that he's written about over the years. Uh, uh, Stephen Gundry, uh, just Andres Ienfeld. There's just so many uh, uh, people out there sharing this story of, of again, the, the keto lifestyle to me is one meal, high fat uh, and infinite mindful moments a day. And that's the simple construct because we have to be simple. Are you eating to live or is it a party? If you're living like an amusement park, your body will suffer. But if you recognize you're the temple, the Ferrari and the lioness, care for yourself exactly like that. And there's no time like the present. I'm sorry, alcohol, marijuana, uh, uh, nicotine, they're not good for us. And you wouldn't give it to a child. Why should you put it in an adult? And if you're suffering with pain, 
this advice will help you reduce or eliminate your suffering or use it to your benefit, by the way, to learn and grow and share and be creative. Yeah, because we are definitely overfed and nutrient deprived. Absolutely. Very much so. Very much so. Yeah. Well, I'm loving this conversation and everything you're sharing. New things, things that are just... just, it's just blowing my mind how you utilize this in your own life and to help others. And I love that. So I want to ask my favorite question, which is if you could give one piece of advice to spark someone toward wholeness, what would it be? Have faith and believe in God. And when you look in the mirror, that's exactly what you see. So whether you change anything but there's only one thing you can truly change. It's your opinion of yourself. And when you can see God there and love God, the world is a game changer. That's it. We need to spend more time giving good thoughts and and love to ourselves and emulating that to everyone else. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yep, I I love, start there. It's, it's let's start there and the rest will actually flow uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, I, I appreciate this so much. This conversation has been good. So where can people follow you, learn more about you, get your books and all of that? Well, go to drrobertkiltz.com. I have a ton of information there. Go to Amazon. You can find our, our books on Keto Lifestyle, Fertile Feast, uh, Living Your Best Life will be coming out soon. The Fertile Secret Uh, and my intentions are all there. Uh, We're all learning together. And uh, I really appreciate your time today, Aaron. And thank you so much. We're appreciative of, of the shows that you're presenting and helping people live a better life. Yeah, well, thanks again for being on. This is helpful. God bless. Thanks for tuning in to Sparking Wholeness. For more on all things related to nutrition for mind, body, and soul, check out my website, sparkingwholeness.com. Don't forget to be kind and subscribe to this show wherever you listen to podcasts. And to be really kind, you can leave a nice review. I like those.